0: Hello and welcome to Carbon Removal Newsroom. I'm Ross Kenyon, lead strategist with the Nori Carbon Removal Marketplace. Today I have with us uh, Jim Giles, conference chair for Verge Carbon. I I said I, I should use we because Alessandra Guerra of Nori is here to walk us through exactly what will be happening at Verge Carbon.
1: Hello, everybody. Uh, Thanks, Ross. Jim, so glad to have you on our podcast finally. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit, what is Verge?
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. So Verge is an annual conference, takes place in October in Oakland, and it is dedicated to accelerating the green economy. So we're expecting around 3,000 people this year. The biggest audience group is typically people from Fortune 500 companies. And it's really all about the business opportunities in the green economy and green technology. And historically, the some of the main focuses for the conference have been transport on energy. Um, but the conference has broadened. We now have a, a component on the circular economy. And this year we're introducing a fourth component, which is looking at the carbon economy.
1: So that's, uh, what we call, what you guys call verge carbon.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So we define the carbon economy as technologies, people, ideas that are all about capturing, using and storing carbon and you know our conference it's not a it's not a scientific conference it's not really about investments and startups it's really all about business opportunities so we're hoping to take to show attendees like this carbon economy thing it's real you can get involved in it right now we want to demystify it for people and we want to show how they can you know incorporate it into their businesses starting now or if not now in the near future
1: So what are you guys seeing with regards to business opportunities that you actually started this whole new track of Verge? What are you seeing on the horizon?
2: Yeah, well, obviously, you know, compared to the other parts of Verge, transport and energy and the circular economy, obviously, this bit is is definitely more nascent. um, But we do see emerging opportunities. So for example, we'll be running a session on carbon negative building materials. So looking at some of the amazing work being done by uh, companies like Solidia, who are figuring out how to reduce the emissions from concrete by actually storing uh, sequestering carbon inside the concrete itself. We're looking at new mass timber technology. So if you're not familiar with mass timber, it's basically a way of using wood it's a way of having wood pay a, a larger part in construction. So you can, you know, there's actually some mass timber buildings where they're like 10 or 11 story buildings constructed almost entirely from wood. So eliminating much of the steel and the concrete that normally goes into buildings and, and produces so many emissions. And these technologies altogether together um, are really paving the way for buildings that, that are not just low carbon, they actually sequester carbon. So there is carbon stored inside the building. And you can imagine a future in which these buildings can be described as carbon negative or carbon negative, sorry,
0: or climate positive, depending on the language you want to use. Um, Uh Yeah, we've heard so many alternatives to that. Will you please figure that out, Jim, and then let us know?
1: No, I I Uh really dislike the idea of carbon positive because as an engineer on a mass balance perspective, that makes no sense for me, but okay.
2: (laughs) If you're gonna, uh, I'm so glad you asked. I'm I'm rooting for climate positive, which I I know that like yeah. from a scientific engineering point of view it's a little bit vague, but I think it captures the spirit much better.
0: That's the first time I've heard that one. We've been using carbon beneficial lately, but climate positive sounds sounds good
1: too. Yeah, because it's broad enough, and you're not telling me that there's positive increase of carbon into the atmosphere. So climate positive is. Is good. Anyways, that was a tangent. Why don't you take us back to what you were talking about, Jim?
2: Yeah. So, what I was saying with the construction materials is like, you know, we're not, And and you, actually, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we're at the stage where we have climate positive buildings being constructed yet, but some of these materials are are on the market right now. And anyone who's involved in a construction project can go out there and start purchasing these materials and incorporating them into that project. And that's really what we want to do with Verge Carbon. We want to show that this market is emerging. And if you want to get involved, you can, and we'll introduce you to the, the technologies and the people and the companies that you can do deals with
0: yeah there are buildings being built like this but it it definitely isn't at the mass scale and no one no one knows about it except for i think a pretty specialized subset of professionals who are working with climate positive or carbon beneficial building materials so we're very grateful that you'll be helping to get the word out about this and helping this scale
1: so you've touched a little bit jim on the topics that will be discussed at verge it sounds like looking at building materials at carbon negative or carbon sequestering materials. What else is going to be discussed in the sessions?
2: Yeah, so we'll definitely be having at least one session on regenerative agriculture. So for people who are not familiar with that, it's a new suite of farming practices that, among other things, um, help to draw down carbon and store it in, in soils. And the big hope for regenerative agriculture is it can move the farming sector from being A source of carbon to being a sink and improve soil fertility and returns to farmers in the process. And again, this is, this is an emerging area, but we are seeing real action by companies. So one of the companies that we're hoping to feature is General Mills, a big North American food company who made this big commitment to move, I I believe it's a million acres of US farmland over to regeneratively farmed land within the next few years and of course when you get big corporate commitments like that it really gets the attention of farmers and ranchers and you start to see incentives come into place for them to change their practice so it's another area where we'll basically be saying to the to the food sector is there is this thing called regenerative agriculture it's real. If you want to get involved in it, we can introduce you to the farmers that are interested in, in adapting, in, in adapting their land so that it becomes a, a carbon sink and also to the, the policy organizations and, and the other kind of players in this sector that you need to connect with to make this stuff
0: happen um we're we're so on the same page with you jim i think it's fair to say we are fellow travelers with verge carbon and our headspace is uh is very similar to yours so this sounds great i i'm excited for this event
1: so, what do you see coming up for carbon removal in general? This is your—it's maybe not your official opinion with uh, regards to green biz, or maybe just Jim's opinion. What do you see taking shape in the near future or longer term future for carbon removal with regards to the private sector?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're at a really fascinating point, and it, it, it's—I I think there's a lot of pent-up energy here. There's a lot of Motivation within the corporate sector to take action, you know, and to get involved in carbon removal. Things like the IPCC report, for example, people really noticed that. And I think a lot of the sort of leading thinkers in sustainability in the corporate sector started to realize that a science based target, you know, ambitious as that is, is not enough. And they need to think about actually getting involved in carbon removal. The problem is we don't yet have the right set of incentives for corporates to move over right now. So we have, you know, for example, a couple of things that listeners are probably familiar with, like the low carbon fuel standard in California and the 45Q tax credit at a federal level. And, and those things are already catalyzing quite a lot of action. We're already seeing um, a lot of uh, carbon capture and enhanced oil recovery projects coming online because of those incentives. But we need so much more. And I think if we could get some more of those incentives at the state and federal level, and I'm actually pretty hopeful that will happen, then you're going to see all this kind of pent up energy finally being, able- being released because corporates want to take action, but they need the right incentives in place for that action to be economic to them.
1: I think that's a really good point, Jim. I was recently at the Collision Tech event. It was in Toronto last week, actually. And I was able to ask Cristiana Figueres what her opinion was on getting the private sector and solution providers like startups who are acting as quickly and agilely as possible to meet the demands set by policymakers. And she kind of described something that you've Almost alluded to here, which is it's a spiral that builds up where, you know, the private sector was asking for more certainty with regards to climate action and what was going to be required of them from policymakers. Policymakers came on an international level, had the Paris Agreement. Startups are now filling in the gaps. Like, how do we meet these goals? And it just continues to go round and round. So we'll see continued connectivity between the private, the public, and the entrepreneurial sector to meet the demands.
2: Yeah, I hope so. I mean, so while you were at Collision, I was at an event I'm sure you heard of, which is called Connect, which is a carbon capture event, um, much more of an industry-focused event. And I was really encouraged, just with these two incentives in place, the the low-carbon fuel standard and 45Q, I was really encouraged to see how many new projects are coming online. And the big one that people probably saw announced was this tie-up between Occidental and carbon engineering to um, capture and and use for enhanced oil recovery. Uh, I believe it's half a million tons of of carbon dioxide annually, which will be a big, big project. And, And so these things are coming online despite the fact that there really isn't the right set of incentives in place i think if we did have the right set of incentives in place there would be an explosion of activity
1: absolutely well i guess we'll wrap it up uh, wrap it up for us ross i just want to say i have been to some of the green biz uh, events oh i'll actually be speaking at verge carbon
0: oh yeah don't don't <laughs> think you're going to get off the hook i was going to okay. brag about you being there
1: um so anyways i highly recommend them
0: yeah if you if you like nori if you like this podcast or our other podcast, reversing climate change we'll have uh veterans from from both shows that will be there a bunch of carbon 180 uh friends of ours who have uh, quite a lot to say in an important fashion on carbon removal the rates go up on june 7th we have a discount code too if you would like to attend uh it's v19 nori you can find that in the show notes there uh, along with the dates when is it again jim october
2: 22nd to 24th in oakland california
0: oakland so if you're in the bay area or would like to go to the bay area talk carbon removal this early bird pricing will go up soon uh we'd love to meet you if you like the show uh we think that this event is we go to a lot of events but very few feel as closely intertwined with our intellectual and professional interests as this is like as you're describing the events jim i'm like yep
1: I have gone I feel like I'm gonna be at so many Green Biz events. I'm going to circularity in a couple weeks, so that'll be fun.
0: Yeah. You're you're leading the field there, Jim. This is innovative stuff. So if you'd like to hang out with us and uh, our friends at Green Biz and Carbon One Eighty and so many other amazing speakers, Alessandra will be speaking. What is your panel about?
1: So I wasn't aware, but apparently we're doing a two-part workshop <laughs> on offsets. I thought it was one uh, session, but no, you just that's,
0: got promoted. That's,
1: that's nice. <laughs> that's cool. It's I... one
2: session. It's just a. It's a long session. We wanted to make the most of you, so that session is about. It's kind of demystifying offsets, basically. It's a you know offsets. I think are for many companies the first thing they can do to get involved in carbon removal. And I think we're so delighted to have Nori involved because I think you've got a really clear line on offsets and the difference between avoidance and removal. And so, if that's something that interests folks, come along and and make sure you come to Alexandra's session.
0: Well, thank you for the kind words, Jim, and the screaming of your child in the background. (laughs) You're you're a family man. I was wondering Uh, if you could uh, notice that.
1: (laughs) We did. It was sweet.
0: Yeah, we were hoping we'd have a little little intrusion in that way, like that classic video we were talking about on the the news. Yeah, the (laughs) the kid wandering in during the conference call. Uh, Well, thank you again. If you would like to attend this event, check the show notes for this episode. I'll include all the relevant information. We hope to see you there. Please come say hi. And thank you so much for being here with us, Jim. Thanks for having me on.